everybody, and welcome to the RV Miles Podcast, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 85 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And of course, RV Miles is all across social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, Henry, and of course, Wanderbus are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. Although occasionally we're on YouTube. <laughs> We're going to get more YouTube videos out. Yeah, you know what? At some st- point. Don't say that. We've been saying that for like six we months have, now. We have we a just... lot of video in the can, right? What does that mean? The means ready to edit that just... Does that mean like it's literally in one of those old film cans no, that you're ready to put it up onto the... It's a saying. Well, yeah, that's what it meant uh, yeah. at one point. We don't have any in the can. But we have a whole okay, lot on, on the, the computer. <laughs> On today's episode, we wanted to give you guys an overview of what has happened at the RVX trade show. This is the annual industry trade show for the RV industry. This is the first RVX. They canceled their trade show after 2017 and decided to come up with a new experience. And this is their new trade show and it's going to travel around the country. Well, we have Mark Kep on the show today. Mark has been at RVX all week and Mark is the owner of campgroundviews.com, which is a really cool website. And he's going to give us a bunch of information about what that website does and what is coming down the pike for that website. Some really, really interesting things. We also have a, a list of some of the best quality RVs out there. Everybody wants to know what's the best quality RV to buy. Well, there's not a lot of ways to find that information, but we do have one source and uh, and we're going to give you that list a little bit later on the show. Plus we have news, a new brain teaser and the answer to last week's brain teaser and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. We are coming to you from the Dallas area again this week. We're enjoying a ridiculous amount of wind here right now. We're not enjoying it. (laughs) But Mm. nowhere near the wind that people in the Midwest are are getting with this bomb cyclone. If that is not a description, (laughs) I mean, the imagery when you say bomb cyclone, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm speechless. (laughs) Well, what what the bomb apparently means is the pressure drops rapidly over a certain number of hours. And somebody shared uh, on Facebook today a map of Nebraska and the the road closures in Nebraska and the map was literally covered with little red X's sadly a lot of those towns are underwater there's a ton of flooding going on and look I'm from I'm from an area that used to flood still does I'm from an area that floods a lot and there's nothing worse than cold winter flooding 
It's oh yeah. yeah. I mean, what a what a good point. I didn't even think about that. Not only are they flooding, which is just horrific in itself, but then it's cold. Yeah, not cold enough to freeze to keep it from flooding, but just cold enough to make it yeah. absolutely miserable. So our thoughts go out to all the people that have been affected by those storms and some of the other storms that have been going around the country. There were tornadoes in the, oh, in the southeast and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, it really does make our complaint and my complaint this morning about the 20, 25 mile an hour wind. Me standing there going, I'm so tired of this wind. We can't even go outside and enjoy our campsite. That was first world camping problems right there. We're looking forward to getting to explore a lot of Dallas this weekend too. We're going to go to a bunch of the museums and stuff. So we are going to be I'm very busy, <laughs> too busy. All right, let's dive into the news. The big story this week is the forest river plant in Elkhart went down in flames entirely. It's not the only forest river plant, but one of forest rivers, Elkhart plants. That uh, video was There was wild. explosions and flames and it was gone, completely gone. Uh, of course, that's another whole bunch of RV industry employees without jobs, though hopefully they'll get back to their jobs soon at some point. But uh, that's sad news uh, coming from Elkhart, the RV manufacturing capital of the world. Did they say why the fire started? I feel like I haven't heard that no, piece of it, information. It, they haven't been able to figure it out yet. Investigators have been looking at it, but there has been no official report on on what happened. It just engulfed the entire building. Yeah. It, I, I'm very curious as to why it was, how it happened and, and how it spread so fast. Yeah. Next, Yosemite National Park is expecting a lot of their facilities to open late this season. California, for the first time in several years, is not under drought conditions. Uh, unfortunately, that's because they've been getting a ridiculous amount of snow and rain. And the snowpack at Yosemite is just massive this year. So a lot of the roads, a lot of the parking lots, uh, all that kind of stuff is starting to get plowed, but it's going to open late. On top of that, there's been a lot of flooding and a lot of trees fallen. And those trees have landed on roadways. They've landed in parking lots. They've crushed restrooms. So campgrounds are expected to open late. Cabins have been destroyed or are expected to open later. So if you have plans to visit Yosemite anytime this spring, make sure to check out their website to, to know what you're getting into because you, you might, might not, not be going. You might not have access. <laughs> yeah. You might not have a reservation. Finally, this episode is, is mostly going to be about that RVX show that happened uh, this week. And RVX is doing a new thing where they spotlight an RV from different categories. They've made up these nine categories of RVers. So instead of saying, we're going to pick the best class B out there, we're going to pick the best class A out there. They're saying, well, people have different reasons they want to RV. So we're going to pick the best RV for van lifers. We're going to pick the best RV for families. And boy, did DJ second nature. (laughs) They presented all these winners of these top categories and what they called the reveal. It was a big event with flashing lights and and (laughs) curtains dropping and and DJ second nature. Uh, What? That's not as obviously that's not his real DJ name. No one goes by DJ second nature. Uh, Maybe I'm pretty sure that's his real name. DJ second nature. (sighs) 
Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it, it, they presented uh, what what were the top RVs in all these different categories. And we'll put a link to an article in the show notes showing you what those are. But the big surprise was the Sylvan Sport Vast. This cool little trailer. First of all, it's bright, 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 bright green. I loved it. There were no swoops. There were no swirls. It was a solid color. It was a modern color. But the best part about this, and I'm going to let you say it because you were just over the moon, is the kitchen pulls. You can use the kitchen inside and then you can pull the kitchen outside. Like so it's cool. a, like it's a slide out, but it's it's by hand and it just slides outside. You use it outside. You have and then you have more room on the inside of the RV and it slides back in. So cool. We've never we haven't seen many innovations like that in RVs in a while. And this is, a, you know, a smaller manufacturer getting a big award in front of all these big manufacturers. It was kind of cool to see. Go for it, little guy. You know, I got to say is bless the RV industry people. I'm sure y'all had a great time this week partying up there in Salt Lake City and we're excited to go next year but I'm telling you next year during this big reveal I might have to be out in the lobby watching it as a Facebook watch party again through the RV Miles Facebook yes, group. Yes, we watched it as, a, as was, a watch party with some of our friends on the Facebook group and it was like it was a good time. It was a good time because I think sometimes we take ourselves a little too serious and I understand that there needed to be a lot of grand happenings, uh, but I I don't think I would have. The the music was quite something. The mu- the music was quite something. Uh, the air horn. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Curtain drops and there's a new RV. I, I, that was like really. It was really intense. I, I felt like I was at a 1996 Bulls game. Yes, and I wanted to have a word with the lighting designer because that lighting designer was going to give me a seizure. I am. He mm. or she, they were just swooping the lights all over the people. <laughs> It was. It a looked lot. like the side of a two hundred thousand dollar class A RV swooping all. It over was. The there were so many swoops and swirls going on with the lighting designer. All kidding aside. All kidding aside, and I look, love you RVX. I think we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. The air horn was just. It was a little much. <laughs> I think we can all learn and grow. I have certainly, and my own theatrical life, maybe overdone it a few times uh, and been asked to pull back a little bit. So uh, maybe next year. We, we limit our sounds to just, well, here. you just pick like three here. and then that's the three we're going to roll with. I'm going to, I'm going to drop in a clip right here. The Outdoor Adventurer Spotlight RV is Take a look at the Sylvan Sport. Maybe we need DJ Third Nature next year. Can we just get DJ First Nature? (laughs) Or maybe no DJ at all. In all seriousness, the event was very successful, according to uh, most people that attended. And there was a lot riding on this because the attendance had been dwindling at the Louisville show that was annual. And they wanted to do something new. For dealers, this is an event for mainly for dealers in the media. 
And, uh, and they had a solid message. Yeah. I appreciated the message, which was you need to evolve in this industry. It's changing. It's changing rapidly. Your buyer is changing rapidly and you need to understand that if and, you want to stay relevant. And uh, and Mark Kep covers a lot of that in, sorry. in the interview a little bit later. I won't jump on. <laughs> I don't want to step on Mark's no, no. toes. I just that was something that really stuck out to me was also the word the use of the word millennial can what, we stop that first of all uh, yeah. look if you want to advertise to people advertise to say 20 to 30 year olds don't don't if you advertise to millennials well that group moves right people keep saying millennials are doing things when Half the time they're talking about people that aren't even millennials anymore because anybody under under, I think, 23 is not a millennial. Like if we had been taking shots every time the word millennial was dropped (laughs) during the RVX, we would have we would have been like on the floor 20 minutes into it. I think that my personal feeling, I don't like labels. I don't like to be labeled. I don't like to label others. Just uh know that there is a wide variety of us out there who are looking for different options when it comes to purchasing an RV and just have those options available. You don't have to be like, oh, this is just for the millennial. It's the same as saying, well, this type of RV is only for this type of individual. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. So for me, I would like us to change our language and stop putting us all into little boxes and instead just have one big giant box that I can go into and I can look at everything that's available there. Well, boxes help people sell things. Yes, I under Yes, but I don't want I'm just tired of hearing the word millennial. I'm tired of hearing the word Generation X. I'm tired of hearing the word baby boomer, retirees, families. I know that we all fall into these different categories, but I think that when we start saying we're only selling this type of RV to this type of individual, yeah. well, you leave a whole other market out there that could potentially want to purchase that RV. Yeah. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And then we're going to talk about another piece of information that came out of RVX, which is the best quality RVs out there on the market. I'm going to get off my soapbox and we'll be right back. We're back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by the FMCA. From motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, bus conversions, and more, FMCA is here to enhance your RV lifestyle. For as little as $5 a month, you can travel with peace of mind knowing FMCA has your back. Get connected with like-minded RVers on their Facebook page, forums, at conventions and events. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and tire saving programs. And their medical emergency and travel assist program is included free. A yearly membership is only $60, but RV Miles listeners can save $10 with code RVMILES19. Just visit fmca.com and enter code RVMILES19, all one word, 
or click the link in our show notes. And that tire savings program, that's that's a major thing. What they do, they have this association with Michelin, Continental and Hankook tires. And you can buy tires at their program price at any participating tire dealer across the U.S. It's especially handy when there's a tire emergency out on the road. You get a flat, um, you get a blowout, something like that. I think, too, that they just added Hankook to their list of tires shortly after we joined. And they were probably like, oh, the Epperson's just joined. We're going to need a few more. Few more tire dealers. <laughs> we know how those guys like to burn through their tires. <laughs> Hancock is a is a great brand that offers you you know good quality tires without emptying your wallet too. So uh, it's it's a it's a great addition to the more premium Michelin uh, tires. It's just really amazing to me how many different programs there are in FMCA ways for you to save money. I have been kind of following you know Peachy and Perry's going on right now and. I'm just kind of following what's going on there. And not only is so, so much going on in event wise, but there are so many vendors there and the deals they will cut FMCA members. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. And the great thing about the tire program is that the pricing is consistent. So you can go to any dealer across the country and it's going to be the same. So you don't have to worry about checking different prices at different locations. You can just know I'm going to go to a Michelin dealer and get my new Michelin's with the FMCA discount and I'm all set. FMCA is like the hotels.com of tires. But you have to be a member. So sign up for an FMCA membership today. We'll provide a link in the show notes with all the info. Last week's brain teaser went like this. The following 10 states have been listed in a specific order. South Carolina, Delaware, Rhode Island, Alaska, Tennessee, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, Texas, and Arizona. Insert the following three states into the proper places on that list. Minnesota, Nevada, and New York. And the answer is these states were listed in alphabetical order of reversed postal codes. So for instance, South Carolina, SC is the postal code. Flip that, that's CS. So CS was the first on the list. Delaware DE was ED and they're in alphabetical order that way. So that the, is so evil. <laughs> so the correct order was South Carolina, Delaware, Rhode Island, Alaska, Minnesota, Tennessee, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, Nevada, Texas, New York, Arizona. And this week's winner is Lisa Sawyer from Missouri. Who, hey, Missouri. Who will be receiving a Not All Who Wonder Our Lost t-shirt and you'll have a chance to win yours with the new brain teaser at the end of the show. Really, that brain teaser was something, Jason. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, got to make these hard sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Are you looking for a new RV and want to know what is going to be the best quality? Why, yes, Mr. Epperson, I am. There's not a lot of information out there. There's not a lot of real hard statistics that say these RVs have the least problems. These RVs uh, have the best warranties, all that sort of stuff. But there is one thing that you can get a little bit of information from. And this is the annual dealer survey. This is a survey that is done by the RV Dealer Association. And they send this survey out to all the dealerships across the U.S. and across Canada. And they anonymously 
fill in information about what RVs they sell, have the best reliability, best quality, best parts support, best warranty support. What have they been happy with? Now, it might seem a little backwards to get this information from dealers. Like dealers are selling you the RVs, right? So do you really want to take their word for what are the best RVs? Well, this survey is, like I said, it's anonymous and it is meant for the manufacturers to tell them how they're doing. And dealers have a vested interest in in selling you an RV that isn't going to fall apart. They don't want you coming back to them a few days later saying, hey, fix this, you know, and dealers are the ones that do the majority of RV repairs out there. Well, dealers are also the ones who have to deal with the very angry customer. Exactly. When the customer returns with the broken RV, the manufacturer doesn't have to deal with them. So the results reflecting almost 2,400 individual brand evaluations from 525 dealers. All these are the ones that won, and this is the award, the award that they give out. This the award is given out at the at the RVX show, and it's called the Quality Circle award and these winners received a 4.25 of five or higher on the survey this year's winners included airstream motorhomes and tobles coachman rvs brookstone and chaparral fifth wheels forest rivers flagstaff travel trailers and fifth wheels shamrock expandables sierra and sandpiper brands grand designs image momentum reflection solitude and transcend brands Gulfstream's Motorhomes, Vintage Cruiser, Vista Cruiser, Innsbruck, Amerilite, Conquest, and Kingsport Towables, Heartland's Big Country, Elk Ridge, Cyclone, Torque, Landmark. Ooh, torque. We saw a couple Torques just recently. We love, next- <laughs> we love, love those name. names. I love torque. that name. Torque. Basically, Cyclone. Yeah. They're, and they're always, for whatever reason, they're always really close to each other in the campground. They it's are. Like they just all know that there's going to be other Torques <laughs> over there. They're Landmark, North Trail, Wilderness, Prowler, Trail Runner, Road Warrior, Sundance, and Gateway brands of Heartland. Keystone's Montana and High Country, Lance Campers, Travel Trailers and Toy Haulers, Leisure Travel Vans, Triple E Motorhomes, Newmar Motorhomes, Pleasureway Motorhomes, and Tiffin Motorhomes. Now, some of those names are ones you'd expect. There are some on there I'm surprised not to see. There are some that you would expect to be on there that aren't. There are some that are on there that we hear lots of complaints about. And I think the reason for that is, you know, not all manufacturers, not all of their products are the same quality, right? So you might have 15 different trailers being built by a certain manufacturer and some of those might be best quality and some are not. And they're all made for different price points. Some are made by different divisions of the company. So they're made by entirely different people and supervised by different people. But this is the list of the ones that dealers were the happiest with, that their dealers' customers were also the happiest with. So we'll provide a link to that article in the show notes as well. So you don't have to remember all those names or write them down or anything. Do you think it's surprising that you don't see Winnebago or Jayco? On that list at all. It is a little surprising, yeah. Like not one Jayco is on there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are often known as some of the best middle of the range uh, brands, Jayco and and Winnebago. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking out the window of Wanderbus right now and there's a Jayco fifth wheel. Mm -hmm. That's what caught my eye was that I didn't see them anywhere on the list. Now, of course, these are the ones that are the best. That doesn't mean that anyone that's not on the list is a bad RV. Uh, no, not at all. It's just list. I think that it's it's telling that for 
manufacturers, or at least for, or for dealers, for the ones who took the time to fill this out, that of over 2,000, it just, it, it, Jayco and Winnebago, not one of their brands made it. Yeah. And you don't know, unfortunately, like the real details of this survey are kept private. An RV might have received high, high marks for build quality, for parts service, but they might have received very low marks for their warranty, that sort of stuff. But check it out. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's one of the few things that you could look at to give you a little bit of insight as to the quality of the RV you're looking to purchase. All right. It's time for our main topic of the week, uh, which is my interview with Mark Kep from campgroundviews.com. But first, this segment is sponsored by the standby three-in-one beverage holder. Do you think standby three-in-one beverage holder would have made the top of list? Like, do you think should've. some of those RVs that didn't make it on the list would have made the list if they'd had a standby? If they, if they, if they, if they were, <laughs> if they came standard with the standby, yeah. I think that's what would have pushed them over to the 4.2. I agree. Every RV needs to come standard with a standby, at least two. The standby is a really cool device that I keep on my hip all the times. It's right, right here next to me sitting on the table that fits in a cup holder. You can set it on the table. It even comes with a ground stake to stick into the ground and it, acts as a cup holder for multiple sizes of beverages, but then also has an area to hold your phone. You don't even have to, it doesn't have to be a phone either. You could use this thing as a pencil holder and and put that kind of stuff in there. Sometimes I put my little notepad and pen in there. He says when he's making his notes about what America's National Parks podcast he wants to do next or what article he wants to write, really for Jason, and this has been something that Jason has been struggling with for a while is trying to find a way to organize himself a little bit better because, you know, we both are kind of all over the place all day long. We're just constantly working in different little avenues with all of our different websites. And I got to tell you, the standby for Jason has almost become his personal assistant throughout the day. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, it's it really not, has. And it's not often you find a product that becomes a part of your daily routine. No. And it's not often that you can find a product that is retailing for under $25 that is going to do all of the things that you want it to do. And on top of that, it is also 20% off just for the month of March, which is huge. It's spring break. Everybody needs to get their standby. They're heading out to the beach if it's warm enough or you're headed out to the campground. And the standby is 20% off right now with the coupon code SAVE, S-A-V-E. It's durable. It's dishwasher safe. It's UV protected. And it's made in the USA. It's great for your car, your motorhome, your golf cart, your boat, strollers, anywhere that has a cup holder. You can put this thing in and it comes with it even comes with a little foam sleeve that helps you fit it into cup holders of different sizes. It's a great little product and you should definitely check it out by visiting stand-buy.com to save 15% with the promo code save. That's stand-bi.com and use the promo code save. We'll provide a link to the website and promo code in the show notes. All right. Mark Cap is the owner of Campground Views. Com. And Mark is a full-timer traveling the country, and he took the time out to talk with us about RVX, the RV industry trade show. He just left there. As a matter of fact, as you'll hear in a moment, he was driving as <laughs> during this interview. I actually assume his wife was driving and he was talking in the passenger seat. Yeah, no, <laughs> no interviewing, no shooting of video while you're driving. Just want to throw that out there. 
And Mark is, is a really great guy and gave me a lot of insight as to what went on at RVX and some of the new stuff that we can expect coming down the pike in the RV industry. So here we go with the first half of my interview with Mark Cap. Mark, thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So you're on your way back from the RVX, which is the big industry trade show. It's first time out in Salt Lake City. It's a new trade show that the RV industry is doing. Where where are you at right now? Yeah, we're actually heading back to California. We're traveling across Nevada on Interstate 80. And I can tell you it is a stunning drive. If you've ever driven it, like in the summertime, you have to do it in the winter because they just had a storm roll through. And so all the mountains are snow-capped and we're going through these plains and just stunning. I mean, this is what really isn't this what RVing is all about is going through these majestic landscapes of the U.S. So we're just loving it. Absolutely. We're actually going to be taking that exact drive later this year, probably in, in September. So I'm looking looking forward to that. The weather has been crazy this spring. You're going to be seeing a lot of wildflowers in California. It should be nuts. You know, funny. So uh, we were actually up in Tahoe for three months because we thought we wanted to see what it was like to stay in the snow. And we, we didn't get some snow. We got like 15 feet of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we didn't make it to RVX this year precisely because of the weather. Is this your is this your first time at one of the RV industry trade shows? No, we've gone. Uh, we went to the last Louisville show. Um, what was that? I guess it was last year or, or the year before. Um, yeah, so like maybe sort of didn't ago. like a year and a half yeah. ago was the last one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been to that and I've gone to others. So we've actually worked with RVIA at the California RV show. So we do um, video production. So we uh, produce their social media videos for the, the California RV show, which is a consumer facing show. Um, but then on the industry side, we've, we've been to the Louisville show and um, it's it's. The biggest thing with these trade shows is that they're focused at the dealer level. So like this is where the dealers go and find the new inventory, buy their inventory, all that type of stuff. So if you've ever been to like a regular RV show selling to consumers, there'll be, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people there. But when you go to the the trade shows, you may have two to 4,000 people. So you can imagine this massive convention center with all this space, but there's only about 2,000 to 4,000 people at it. So when you walk around, it looks like it's deserted. But the reality is those are the folks that are actually buying the units to bring to the lots to sell. And so it looks deserted, but it's pretty effective. So that's like the biggest difference between an industry trade show and a consumer facing trade show. And the RV industry had their Louisville show every year. It was in, it was in Louisville every year and they, they canceled it. Uh, and decided they would do this new RVX experience and it's going to travel around the country. What differences did you notice between the last Louisville show and this one? Not just RVIA, but all of the big industry associations are kind of at a crossroads right now. Um, with the changes in technology, the way people find inventory, the way the manufacturers bring inventory to market, um, the idea of one central trade show is kind of getting um, tossed around. And so RVIA, I, and I know because I've, I've spoken to them on this, they're trying to, they're trying to be kind of the place where the RV industry and the camping season begins. And so that was kind of the idea behind RVX is, is to go a little bit further than just being a dealer show and actually becoming an event that the entire 
industry will go to and engage with each other and the media. And, and the media was a big thing. I'm sure they'll 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 put out some press releases and content on that. But um, before this RVX event started, I went up into the media room, and there had to have been like 80 different media outlets. And we're talking from um, YouTubers all the way up to major media outlets. Like I had conversations with Wired and people from the Today Show that were there at this event. So. From that perspective, that was like the biggest difference with RVX over previous trade shows is that they're taking it to another level. And, and, and I'm not a paid spokesperson, so I'm just telling you this from you know my experience of what I saw. So they had, um, they had uh, highlight speakers throughout the event and usually in the morning before the session started. And um, they had Toby O'Rourke on Wednesday morning. She presented for an hour and just nailed it. I mean, it was incredibly powerful presentation. Then the following day, they had a disruptor session and they had um, a gentleman named Omar who was the number three at Beats by Dr. Dre. And he talked about how they entered a category and revolutionized it. I mean, just incredible disruptive conversation. And then they had a gentleman named Yuri who was actually one of the co-founders of the Waze app that they sold to Google for $1.2 So you've had these two like leaders in disruptive technology on the stage at RVX talking about disruption. And they actually started talking about their thoughts as outsiders who disrupted other industries what they see as being potentially disruptive in this industry. And I, I mean, the, the discussion was amazing. And so for RVX, they're really trying to go outside the box a little bit with what they're creating. And I was really impressed with where they were going. A common dig against the RV industry for a long time has been that even though RVs are popular, the manufacturing, the creation is stuck in the mud a little bit. And that, people are really looking for a lot of new innovations in RVs. And I think it's it's really been happening the last few years, not necessarily in the way RVs look, but in the technology that, that goes into a, a lot of them for sure. You know, I, I agree completely with that. And that's, that was one of the impressions and takeaways I got, for example, like Keystone uh, fifth wheels, you know, I own a fifth wheel. So I'm, you know, obviously um, I'm keen to that. And I also like hot rods and we have a air ride truck that we built. They now are are testing air ride technology for fifth wheel. So the the entire suspension system is air ride. So you can think of auto level being able to raise and lower the trailer. That was one example. You got the electric generators that you can put in the class B's and run the entire unit. Solar panels. I mean, those technology pieces being applied to the RV industry are so far advanced that that in my my humble opinion, you look ten years down the road they will fundamentally change the way people camp and enjoy RVs. So what are some of this, some of the specific interesting things that you saw at RVX this year? The big thing on the RVs is um, there's a wide scope of them from fifth wheels down to class B's class B is like the hottest category right now. You're seeing a lot of growth in that actual volume's not huge, but that actually it, it's kind of like an entry drug for a lot of people because they're essentially buying a souped up van that they can go camp in. Um, so the biggest thing, not so much on the product side, it's the way in which they're incorporating technology into the existing product. So the most exciting things that I saw really related to how um, you power the unit. So solar panels, the inverters, and the electric generators that you can have on board of these units. We are very close to a point where RV units could be self-contained from an electricity standpoint, where they could have solar panels, inverters, and as long as they have sun, they no longer need electric hookups. And, and uh, some folks will disagree with me on that topic and, and, and will say that, that folks will still want to plug in. I would argue if we 
just seeing what I've seen over the last two years in the advancements in this technology, you'll see within the next five years, you'll see large fifth wheels and class A RVs that will have electric generation units on board that will have enough juice to power everything that will run in that unit. So that becomes a fundamental change in how people camp. No longer do they need a 50 or 30 amp hookup. They they, they might use it because of the benefits and because of sunlight, you know, if they're long-term. So you'll still see that as an offering, but it'll also open up the world to potential campers where they can have electricity when they're out on the road. So that was a big thing I noticed um, and how that's going to impact things. The other thing I noticed, there were some, there were some unique technology companies there. There was one company that really caught my eye with, uh, um, they're utilizing an ozone machine that you can plug into your inbound water and instead of having like a reverse osmosis system, this unit is purifying your water as it's coming on board. And that was just a cool little unit. And they're a brand new company into the market. So, you know, that was a really cool technology. And then obviously I mentioned the air ride for the fifth wheels. That's just something that, you know, you start adding comfort, safety, and all those different features of these units. They just become easier and easier to live in. And, and I believe that that's a big overall trend is making camping more accessible to more people, you know, removing some of those barriers. And that was, that was actually an overall trend to get more people outdoors enjoying it in a way that, you know, their first ex experience is not a bad one. We are back with more of my interview with Mark Kep from campgroundviews.com. But before we do that, we have a new message from our friends over at Togo. As full-time road warriors living tiny, we know the importance and the struggles of staying organized and up-to-date on RV maintenance, and the struggle is real. And thankfully, so does Togo. Togo is the organizational app that simplifies, enhances, and improves RV ownership. With Togo, everything you need to own and operate your RV is in one convenient digital space. Sort of like a glove box, but without all the extra clutter and the ketchup packets. You can track maintenance, set reminders, and even keep track of registration details. Plus, there are checklists. And you know that we have talked about the importance of the checklist, as in that time that we didn't check the toaster oven. Do you remember how many times that toast, that poor toaster oh, oven? Oh, man. It, it, it met its end in a oh. dumpster in Las Vegas. <laughs> We miss you, Toaster Oven. Oh. We got a new one, though. RIP Toaster Oven. You would have done better if we had had the Togo app and had a checklist in the beginning days of full-time living. So whether you are full-time, though, or you are a weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience and download the Togo app today. That's spelled T-O-G-O, -O, and you can find it in the U.S. Apple Store or Google Play. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles and less trials. It's a really cool little app. I've been playing with it and they have some checklists that are pre-made for you, but you can make your own as well. But they also have links to just tons of resources, videos and articles of how to's to, you know, tell you about all the different things that you need to know about owning an RV. Togo is one of those apps where you go into it and then all of a sudden you're like, where did the last four hours of my <laughs> <Right>. life go? <laughs> so if you've if you're listening on your smartphone, pull it out right now 
and go to the Apple Store or to whatever. What do you do on an Android? Use. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the Android Store. Is there an Android Store? Uh, it's magic. It I must don't know. be. It has to be Google Play. <laughs> has to be. It's the magic Android Store. Uh, and download the Togo app today. All right. Let's get back to our interview with Mark Kep. So you were there working with KOA on this Campground of the Future exhibit. We talked a bit about uh, what our ideas for the Campground of the Future were on a, on a couple episodes uh, ago, inspired by this exhibit. So what was your involvement in that and uh, how did it work out? Our involvement with the Campground of the Future is we actually have technology that is it would on the surface seems very futuristic, but we're actually implementing it this summer. So our background is where we provide marketing services to campgrounds and RV parks. And through that, we have developed and used 360 video, kind of like a mix between Google Street View and and a marketing video to allow people to virtually tour uh, a campground. Um, The big thing in an RV or a tank camper is that it's really hard to plan a trip if you have no idea what you're getting into. So by allowing people to physically tour and actually take a look around the campground, we are unlocking so many of these these places by lowering again that barrier because we're we're addressing the uncertainty of what am I getting into? How big is the site? Uh, will it be safe? What do the neighbors look like? You know all those questions that people have. We're helping solve that. We currently have 300 360 videos for all the national park campgrounds west of the Mississippi River, and these have been developed over the last two and a half years. So some of them were with our early technology, so they're not as good as our later ones. Um, But the overall feedback we receive from users as they're viewing them is they think they're awesome, but they don't like the fact that we don't have the ability for them to see which site it is and then lock that site in if they want to book it. So obviously when consumers tell you they have a problem, you come up with a solution and that's what we've done. We now have the technology to embed availability within the experience. So as a person is virtually touring a campground, they can look at the site, see if it's available and book it within that experience. Wow! So it, it will be, I mean, it's revolutionary. We're rolling it out this summer and that your response was exactly what uh, KOA <laughs> said. And so that, that was something that they were looking at as, yeah, campgrounds in the future will have that. Well, we're like, well, we have it. So they, they graciously, and, and I, I'll emphasize this, they graciously allowed us to be a part of the experience. So, I mean, we, I, I thank them over and over again. It, it was a huge, amazing experience because you think of us as a startup that's just scrapping along and building and building and building. To add to that experience of the campground of the future was, was I mean, it, it's an experience I will remember the rest of my life. We're really grateful for KOA for allowing us to do that. So let, we'll get a little bit more in, into your platform in a second, but let's talk about what that campground of the future looks like for a minute as rvs become less and less dependent on power as they become smarter what are some of the things that this exhibit and what are some of the things that you see happening when it comes to campground innovations they there's actually a website they set up it's called camp c-a-m-p the future.com the entire experiences are available there so if you're listening to this and you want to go experience it it's camp thefuture.com. And so it, it was, I was impressed with what they came up with. And we, we talked, I talked in, in length with them about the process of getting to RVX with this booth. You can imagine when they were tasked with this idea of, Hey, KOA, why don't you design the campground of the future 10 or 20 years in the future? How hard that would be to actually create that and, and be able to share it. So I was impressed with what they came up with. So they, 
their overall goal, like so that they kind of step back and said, okay, what's like our mission here as KOA? What should we do? And their overall, um, their overall perspective was how do we get people to engage closer with nature? And so that was like the underlying thing. And so then they designed these different landscapes uh, of like an ocean a mountain, the desert, and urban environments where people could kind of see their ideas on how the campground of the future would look. And so what would that look like? So some stuff that's actually like really close to us now that that could be implemented very short term was if you go over to the desert landscape, you'll find that there are sites, they're like buddy sites, they, they share kind of a communal center area with like a communal fire pit, but the RV sites are within a fenced area. And that fenced area allows you, because campers love their dogs, right? It allows you to have your dogs off leash in your campsite. So that was cool. one that was like very cool. Um, some other things that they had that were really kind of forward thinking were, um, you know, I remember I, I referenced all these electric advancements in RVs. So they designed that in where um, instead of plugging a cord in, there would be a charging mat, kind of like we have with cell phones. So you're, you'd be parked on a charging mat with your unit. Um, so that was another innovation. Um, some other things that they had that were kind of more close because as they developed it, they thought, wow, this is actually a really good idea that we could do today was, is a camping pantry. So you would, when you make your reservation, and this is, this is looking towards people who either don't have time or don't know what they need. When they arrive on site, there's a pantry there that has everything you need in order to enjoy that, that camping experience. And that would be delivered to you on site. So that was kind of a cool one. Um, some other things they thought of for the campground of the future. When you arrive on site via your phone and your proximity, you're automatically checked in and you can go straight to your site and hook up. So they, you know, instead of having to stop, get out, go into an office, you can pull in and check into the site. The kiosk would turn on. You could, you could plug in your utilities and you're set up and you're ready to go. So that was, that was another example. Um, they also have, when you tour those displays, they have different design elements because, you know, when you're looking at KOA, they both own and operate parks, but they're also a franchise operation where people build, buy, and operate KOA franchises. And so they're thinking about design elements. So some unique design elements, for example, were in the mountains. They had terraced sites that were cantilevered on platforms overlooking like a, a valley uh, below. So a really nice design element. And when you look at it, you know, the question I asked them, I said, is this even realistic? And they, they pointed out that they have like in Deadwood, South Dakota, that's in a V-notch valley. And they currently already do that with their park model. So they wanted to see how it would look if they did the same thing where you could back in to almost like a terrace cantilevered site overlooking the valley. So, you know, design elements like that were really neat. So, and they also had, you know, some really futuristic stuff like drone deliveries for your firewood, um, a little robot that would roam around delivering stuff, you know. So, so they, they went both uh, really futuristic and really stuff that we could see 10 years from now into the future for campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of people that I've talked to about this have said, you know, I don't want a bunch of technology coming into my campground experience, but I think it's really great that they focus so much of it on reconnecting with nature and finding new ways to make the campground feel more natural. Let's move to your platform, campgroundviews.com. It's a really interesting website and you sort of give us an overview of the technology that you're that you're looking forward to in the future, but what you have right now on the site 
is really neat. Talk to us about uh, a little bit about campgroundviews.com. I appreciate the compliment. Yeah. And so it'll be 10 years ago this June. My mom sold everything we owned, bought an RV and began traveling the country. And at the time I was running an internet, uh, company, we did a uh, local search optimizations like SEO uh, for small businesses. And we had a thousand clients nationwide and worked completely virtually, um, never actually met with clients. And um, we said, hey, why are we stuck in one place? Why don't we get out and hit the road? And so we did. And so that was 10 years ago. And we started traveling. And, and the biggest problem we came across was because we did not know the areas we were going into, we were having problems finding campgrounds and RV parks that were right for us. You know, at the time I was 30 years old, my wife is younger than me. So we're not looking for pickleball and shuffleboard. We're, you know, we're looking for, you know, a unique experience. And, and so we were having a really hard time. And, and man, if only there was a way to share pictures and videos of these parks, then I would know what's the right place for us. And so out of that frustration, you know, came campgroundviews.com. And, um, you know, you, if you've ever started anything from scratch, you know, it's a long haul, you know, building, mm -hmm. trying, testing and all that type of stuff. But we just kept at it because we knew we, we, our vision was clear. We knew that this was a need. We knew people liked the concept. We listened to the complaints. We knew, we knew where our weaknesses were and we kept working towards it. Um, as of today, we have 30,000 photographs, over 3,000 videos. And these videos are shot by people with their cell phone at the campground. They just pull it out, shoot it, send us the footage. We edit out faces and license plates and put it back on for other people to share. The site is completely free to use. You can just go there and start using it. It's a search engine for campgrounds and RV parks. Uh, we pride ourselves on our database. We spend a lot of time. We, we don't buy the list. It's actually a database we, we hand built. Um, so it's something we pride ourselves on, keeping it accurate, updated, and all that type of stuff. And then from that, you know, these videos that were shot by people utilizing their cell phones, we would get calls from parks. They were like, who are you and what did you do to our park? And we're like, what do you, you know, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Right. <laughs> and they're like, all of a sudden we're full. We're getting all these calls. What's going on? And I would look and I'm like, oh, well, we got a video submitted that was submitted, you know, a few months ago and we have it up. Well, dude, this is incredible. How much do we owe you? And we're like, well, no, it's free. You know, the, the video submitted by a user. I can't really, you know, it wouldn't be fair to charge you. But then obviously uh, the light bulb goes on being a marker. I'm like, huh. You know, and so I started asking the question of the owners. Well, you know, what would you pay if we came out and did a, a more professional production for you? And that was what kicked us off into doing video productions. And then through that, we started looking at the Google Street View technology and there's a company called Matterport. You can buy their technology for the inside of buildings. And we we're looking at tr trying to do this 360 experience because I always felt that that was the ultimate, you know, that would be the, the ultimate solution is to allow people control to look around. Because when you can look around, there's no lying. You know, it's yeah. not a pretty picture with nothing that, you know, you can see it. Yeah. And then two and a half, three years ago, uh, YouTube and Facebook announced their support for 360 video. The first 360 videos came on the market and we, it, the, in fact, the first consumer one was called the fly. And it was, it was not really a 360, it was like a 180. Um, but we, we bought that and started using that. And, um, you know, the technology itself, we've adapted software on the back end to be able to process these things and do it. And we've just built that technology up and, and, Everything we do is with the simple mission in mind. We want to make camping amazing. And we believe that you make camping amazing by allowing the right campers to find the right campgrounds for them. When you do that, that's where the magic happens because the person has an amazing experience. They want to do it again. They want to bring their family and friends. And, and, and as kind of an ancillary benefit, 
one of the big problems in this industry overall, and, and you'll start seeing these articles coming out here pretty soon, and the articles will say, here's the top five places to, to camp in Yosemite. Here's the top five places to camp in Yellowstone. And then about two weeks later, a follow-up article will come up saying, the top five places are completely booked for the season. You can't go there. And how there's you know this, this lack of availability. We believe that that is because people don't know of the other options around them. And so we believe that by showing them the other options, we can help spread out the demand, get people to discover more of these amazing places in this country, and it'll just grow this industry. And so we've been traveling the country for 10 years now. We've seen all of these amazing places that there are in here. And so we believe getting people out and experiencing that is key. I mean, in, in our experiences, we've seen Northern Lights over Lake McDonald. We saw the last nighttime shuttle launch from uh, Cape Canaveral. We experience sunrises in California and sunsets in, in the Florida Keys. I mean, it's just the the scope and breadth of amazing experiences in this country. I want to make sure other people have the same opportunity to go explore that. So that in the end, that's our ultimate goal is, is to make it more accessible, drop the uncertainty and allow people to go out there and travel. I, I think that's so great because, you know, we we stay mostly at public campgrounds. And for the most part, I am, you know, I, I'm looking at Google Earth views. I'm yep. I'm going to reviews on six or seven different websites looking to see if somebody mentioned the exact site I'm looking at. You know, um, I want to know if my RV can overhang the back of the site, stuff like that. And what's great about the 360 videos you already have, and I guess maybe to explain them for listeners a little bit, it's like those drive-through videos of campgrounds you see on YouTube, uh, and these are on YouTube as well, but except that you can grab them and move the camera around yourself and see everything. And so often we see photos of campsites or videos of campgrounds where you just, you can't see that one campsite that you're looking at. And, and you're really just trying to figure out if that one site that's left is, is going to work for you. So I, I think it's just such a great tool and I, I'm looking forward to seeing it grow and expand uh, because it's, it's, it really is hard to, to go to all of these different resources to, to find the exact information that you need to, to make a decision on, on booking a, a specific campsite. Oh, I love that. You, you nailed it. Yep. If people want to uh, check out your platform, where do they go? They'll go to Campground Views. That's V as in Victor, I-E-W-S dot com. Um, and then it's free to use. The, you'll see a search bar right there. Start typing a location, a city, a landmark. You'll see it autofill. Select it. Click search. And you'll start pulling up campgrounds. We have over 16,000 campgrounds listed in the directory. And we already have a ton of information there. Um, like I said, we have about 300 of the 360 videos. So you're not going to find a lot of listings with those. But we do have those. Um, but we do have 3,000 videos and 30,000 photos. And if we're missing a park you know exists at the very bottom of the homepage, contact us. Let us know. We'll get it added on there. ASAP. Awesome. Well, Mark Kep, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really eye-opening, both about the future of RVs and the future of booking RV sites. Awesome. I, I so appreciate it. And it's nice to be able to connect with you also. So good work on your end. I, I'm a, a fan of your work. All right. We want to thank Mark again for joining us on the show. And I'm hoping we'll have Mark back again. He's such a great guest. Smart guy. Smart guy. Yes. All right. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. 
which of the following words does not belong with the other six? Another one like this? Yes, another one like this. <laughs> Deal with it. I, I have dealt with it already. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> You're going to want to write these down. Okay, I'm writing them down right now with my imaginary pen. Issue. Mishap. Parachute. Ocean. Semi-conscious. Anxious. And mansion. I'm sorry, I missed all of those. Could you repeat them, please? Issue, mishap, parachute, ocean, semi-conscious, anxious, and mansion. If you think you know the answer, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or a direct message on any of our social media, and you might win a Not All Who Wonder Are Lost t-shirt. Do you know, do you know which word is in that list that I absolutely cannot say? Semi-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say. Try. I can, I, I can semi. There you go. I can't say the other part of the word. Every time you put that word into a podcast, an America's National Parks podcast episode for me to read, I look at you and I'm like, why do you do this to me? I don't know what it is about that word. I can't say it. Con I can't say it. Uh, we don't have to. Hey, speaking of America's National Parks podcast. This week, we're talking about Eleanor Roosevelt. You know, she did so many things in her life, and she's the only first lady to have a National Park Service site in her honor. Uh, but this episode is particularly about her entry into World War II. And I didn't have to say that dreaded word the entire <laughs> you time. Didn't. You know, one thing I found really interesting about that, just to really bring to light just how dedicated she was when she went overseas to see the soldiers during World War II and as she was going as an ambassador for the American Red Cross. The month that she was there, she lost 30 pounds. Yeah. She was nonstop, 8 a.m. To, to midnight every day. Even probably longer. Well, and then she that. would write her article when she yeah. got home. It's just it just incredible and how dedicated she was and really how she changed the minds of some people that were pretty tired of having people come over to check things out. So it was really interesting to learn about. It was really interesting to read her story. So check that out wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we hope to see you here next week and every week on the RV Miles podcast. We sure do. And of course, if you're enjoying the show, we would love a five-star review over on Apple Podcast or iTunes, whatever you want to call it, or Google Play or anywhere that you are listening to this podcast today. And of course, if you are up to it, please share it with your friends and family and say, hey, are you listening to these crazy people on the RV Miles podcast? Because if you're not, you should be. And until next week, y'all have a great week and keep logging those. RV Miles. Bye.